heart of stone. Not just me, huh? No, apparently not. See, I was going with heart of glass. Ah, also good. Or Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, Star Trek Shitcast. <laughs> this is episode 174. Woo! My name's Jake and I'm joined by... People. Chris? Various people. Yeah, How Chris. How do we forget this after 173 episodes? I We're on Zoom be... again, Wait, god damn one, it. Isn't this 174? Yeah. That's what I said. Oh. Oh, after 173 <laughs> episodes, yes, yes. Yeah. This one has only ah. just begun. This is yeah. Ames. This is Caitlin. Hey. Fucking great. You guys win the prize. We've won. And the prize is shut the fuck up. I'm going to do the intro. <laughs> this week on A Shit to Star Her By, we will be talking about two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Fine. The first of which is called Life Support. The second of which is called Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone. Keep assuming that one's going to be a Klingon episode. Yeah, it's like, you know... Heart of Glory. Well, Heart of Glory. Dicks of Stone. What? What? Multiple <laughs> dicks. Hold on, I get... Somehow I get hair in my mouth. That's gross. Somehow. What do you mean somehow? You have fucking three million of them growing on your face. That's true. I do have a lot of hairs everywhere. Yeah, none of us have... Actually, you know, I cut my hair this past week, but I'm sure it's been tough for people in quarantine. Quarantine. Okay, anyway, in... Life support. Let's see, what's going down? So, you know, we're all hanging out on the station, and uh, there's, you know, Jake Cisco makes a date with a girl uh, his own age for wow. once. Wow, there are very uh-huh. few of those. I know. And she's human, I think. She's human. She's super cute. Leanne. It's what's her name from Saved by the Bell? Is it Who? Lisa? Yeah. Oh, I like oh, her. Oh, it can't be Lisa. She's way too young. This was 1995. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so in real life, she was actually older than Jake still. Yeah, but wait, 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 wait. Are you sure? Looked it up. I'm suspicious. But are okay, you well, sure? Anyway, let me do the fucking description. Yeah, here, okay? Jake can do the Jesus intro Christ. and I will double check. Okay, no yeah, clicking you your keyboard. Now nah, I'm on racist my phone. check and uh, we'll continue. Okay. So Jake so anyway, is saved so Jake, by the bell. So Jake saves the bell. Meanwhile, uh, there's some crisis going on in Cisco and... Uh, no, the Cisco wasn't there. Uh, Odo and... Curly, curly, whirly guy. What's his name? Brian. Smiley. And they're running off to deal with some kind of emergency. And we find out that there's been a, a sh- uh, an accident uh, with one of the shuttles. Some, some shit's exploded and someone's hurt and people are hurt. And they so they go to the airlock and they let everybody out. And uh, who is it? It's Kai Windows 95. <laughs> and... Um, She's okay, though. And she's okay. She's just, you know, she's just just a little bitchy. She's like, oh, take care of the Vedic. Take care of the Vedic. And then they pull out unconscious and, like, gashed wide open a very unwell Vedic Beryl. Kira's, uh, you know, fuck toy. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, uh, they they bring him to the infirmary and they... Julian puts on his stupid fucking surgery outfit. Oh my god, it is so stupid. Like, you imagine, like, the time it took to get into that fucking outfit, he could have saved Barile. They just beamed directly into that thing. There's no Anywho. zippers on it. 
Well, that design goes back to fucking season two of TNG. The first time we see it, Pulaski's wearing it. Yeah, for the heart uh, transplant. Yeah, Picard's ticker. Well, yeah, yeah, but Pulaski makes everything sexy. That's but the anyway. Mm. say, in a crisis situation where there was a goddamn man's life at stake, you'd think it'd be like, you know, I'll just do it in my regular clothes. No, his no, regular clothes took- are vection. His regular clothes are covered with his own jizz, Jake. That's true. <laughs> So anyway, uh, he does everything he can, but he can't save Bryle, and uh, he dies. And he breaks the news to Kira, and Kira's like, yep, I'm sad, but I'm going to go back to work. And then um, Jake's date doesn't go so well, but uh, yeah, so uh, that's that. Oh, wait, no, more happened. Wait, Oh, shit. Um, That sounded good, actually. Yeah, so anyway, uh, as they're doing the autopsy on Bryle, his brain starts doing shit, and he's like, oh, shit. I mean, not Bryle, but uh, Dr. Dr. Uh, nose face. Ju- Julie, Julian's fries. Yeah, Julian is like, wow, something's good. You know, I'm gonna try to do a thing, and he does some magic bullshit and and does a uh, does a resuscitation, brings Bryo back. Cordrazine comes up at some point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're here to do a um, negotiations with the Cardassians. So Win goes, and she's gonna do the the negotiations because Bryo's not quite well enough. Wynn kind of sucks at it, doesn't know what's going on, and she keeps going back to Bryle, who's uh, convalescing, and is like, hey, can you help me out? And Bryle's like, yeah, I'll help you out, until, of course, the fix that Bashir did, you know, kind of started breaking. So he's going to die again, and Wynn's like, no, you got to fix him. So Bashir fixes him again, but this time by replacing part of his brain with a positronic brain, and uh, he kind of makes him weird. How um, much more weird than he already is, though? M- more weird. Oh. I didn't notice the more difference. Weird. It honestly felt like less of a stretch since his ro- fucking acting is already so robotic. But... Oh, you got his number. Needless to say, the negotiations succeed. Win wins the day. Hey. <laughs> get, uh, get some glory for herself. And, um, yeah, and it's all is good. Oh, wait. No. Bryle dies again. Yeah, the brain thing breaks down, and Kira's like, wait, can you replace the other half of his brain with a robot brain? And Bashir's like, well, then then he'd just be a robot brain. Go fuck a computer, lady. Jesus. I, have, and, I still uh, have Commander Data's phone number. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, doesn't quite work out. Uh, Bryle does die. And, and uh, one yeah. person has a sad. Also, exactly uh, in the over in the B-plot, Jake has his date, but Nog uh, sort of comes along. And 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 uh, Ferengi's all over it. Jake's Jake's uh, uh, girl there uh, brings her friend to for Nog, and they're having a date. And Nog, you know, treats her like shit because Ferengi. And uh, Jake gets embarrassed, and then Nog gets embarrassed, and then they both get arrested, and uh, then they make up and they're friends again. But that's how bad the date was. Neither one of them got laid. So I like to think that Leanne and Riska just went off on their own and. Had a had a great adventure. Yeah, they went to the holodeck and got laid. So uh, I did just double check. So yeah, now if that's not the girl from Saved by the Bell, Wikipedia and Memory Alpha and Google are all lying. It's wild. She looks so different, and I feel like she already would have been in, would have been really close to Saved by the Bell if not had not already been in it at that point. Well, Saved she by had. the Bell was very '90s, so they were kind of '90sing her '90sing her up. And I feel like this is like the 3090s or something. So she's more. Yeah, but you know so how fashion comes, comes back into play. You know, there's cyclical. Well, See, she, didn't, she didn't have the big hair. That's true. Or the, or the high waist jeans or. 
What's funny is I didn't really watch Saved by the Bell. I'd seen like maybe three episodes in my whole life. So the fact that I went, this woman's really familiar and looked her up is like insane. Somehow I recognized her when I barely watched the show. Oh, hashtag casually mentions they're better than you. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny. <laughs> no, it's I'm like, just kidding. Chris is the biggest never... Saved by the Fell fan here. I actually really liked Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah, I remember watching it an awful lot. I don't remember it, much about it, it. It was sort of a girls' show, though, I feel like. I mean, no, I think it was for everybody. I watched it. You're a big yeah. Zach Morris fan? No. You know, I no. was, Zach, uh, Zach, Zach was like the least interesting thing about that show. And he was, he like, was a total out, fucking sociopath. He was wild. I was more into Welcome Back, Cotter. You would be. You know who else was into Welcome Back, Cotter? Barato? John Travolta? <laughs> Yeah, so Father, what a waste. Yep, what a waste. I I never knew how much I wanted him to die until it was taken from me. I was like, no, don't save him. (laughs) Put him back. Well, okay, so here was my thing. Yeah. I took copious, copious notes. Ooh. Um, How many Safe by the Bell characters? uh, Just the one, sadly. They had originally wanted Screech to play the friend (laughs) for Nog. (laughs) I'd watch that. So at first, like, and I'm sure this was on purpose, so I'm not like pretending that I'm brilliant because I'm not because I was wrong. But at first, like, Kaiwin's first thing after they get off the plane is like the plane, (laughs) the whatever ship is, you know, was it sabotage? And then like seemed really like surprised when it wasn't. And all I could think was like dropped. I kind of felt like. It was, right? Like, I felt like she did it, and she asked if it was sabotage specifically because she wanted to make sure she'd covered her own ass well enough. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm still not sure that that didn't happen. Yeah, but I was like, very much thinking she who smelt it definitely dealt wait, it. I, I'm the confused, sabotage. though, right? Because why would she... Why? Why did she... Because... Because she so, could have died? Well, I think she... I don't know. I mean, I don't think... I think she probably knew that that wouldn't happen. But I also think, like... I feel like it would be in her interest for Burial to die and then peace with the Kardashians. Kardashians but, the whole, but the whole thing was that fail. she wasn't she wasn't a good enough negotiator to deal with the Kardashians. But she didn't so. know that know. at the time. Well, it's not even that. I think she was hoping that peace talks would fail. Really? Because she's I a feel... secret Kardashian. She's in league that's with Gold Ducat. The two of them are really hot together. No, well, no, I... but like I can't imagine the the two people's. After I can't imagine wanting really badly to make peace with the people that genocided your people. Well, it's well more, she's I think also it's genocided more about, like, the people. reparations and things like that, right? Yeah, I guess I don't know. I just I my initial feeling was like, okay, so she did this. She wanted to sabotage it. She didn't want the peace to happen. So the again, sabotage thing just goes away. Yeah, they say, oh no, it wasn't sabotage. Like they didn't even like blame the Cardassians, really. They just kind of they just kind of got well, lost. No, I mean I don't think I think there was, the, you know, I, okay. I don't think she sabotaged it or was involved in any way. I mean I think that we are so conditioned to think that she's up then to why no bring good it up? Because mm. because the whole idea was that she was on a top secret mission to negotiate with the Cardassians. It's true. The, I mean the Maquis or whatever. Because could've... because people. Like the Maquis, or perhaps Bajoran, you well, know, shit. extremists would, even, or Cardassian. Even, I was gonna say even Cardassians could have been like, we don't want this peace yeah. treaty. So like, the, if anybody had found out about it, there's a risk that 
some jack off could plant a bomb to try to stop it. And my yeah. God, it was, just to clarify, I'm sorry, it was Jellico. This is his new tactic. Is Jellico again? <laughs> really? Um, yeah, he's a Cardassian expert. Captain he's not an idiot. idiot. He's for, the one that makes lots of puns rotation. on shit posting. Oh, dear. Yeah, okay. Sorry. I was like, who's that? Get it done. I'm an idiot. Get her done. Um, um, I'm, I, so I would just say I didn't come out of the episode thinking that she had sabotaged it, but because she brought it up in the beginning, I thought she had sabotaged it. And then when she seemed to be like in earnest about saving, well, saving Boreal insofar that she wanted the peace treaty to make it, I stopped thinking that. But yeah, I, I think, think that Julian was right on the money when he was like, yeah, you want him to live because you want a scapegoat in case you fuck this up. Good. Yeah. She's very smart. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm definitely with Jake where I think what it was was mostly just because they know we inherently mistrust Wynn anyway. And it's sort of just a to set up the, you know, when, when you realize like, oh, no, like this, she's legitimately trying to like govern. It would be sort of a shock. So it was just an accident. I think so. All yeah. right, because that, like, I don't, I don't remember it getting resolved, and I just remember feeling oh, like, didn't. wait a minute, that. Didn't. But what they did. No, there? they did. They it, said there was some micro fracture on some, some what's. But it, where did it, it come from? Well, it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Anyway, I actually thought like, um, Wynn was let wait was way less evil than usual this episode because I could see her being justified like with basically everything she does. Like, you know, the like the the negotiations with the Cardassians are very important. And she realizes, fuck, I can't do these myself. And I'm sure Beryl would have come to the same conclusion if it were reversed. And he'd be like, well, this is so important that I'll do whatever to make it happen. I feel like he's too milk toast. I don't think he would ever be like, no, I'm literally going to push someone to the brink of death to finish these negotiations. But I also think that for her, it's definitely like a... um. It's a happy coincidence that she got rid of him, though, because even with, you know, when um, Avery Brooks, right, when Cisco greets her, he's like, oh, you know, pardon my saying so, but uh, you kind of suck. So I figured this would have been Beryl's idea. And she's like, you're right, my child, I do suck. And it was Beryl's idea. So I kind of wonder if, like, again, I'm sure... It, again, I don't think it was sabotage. I don't think she planned it. I don't think she did it on purpose. But I'm sure she's not sorry to have, like, her number one rival and the person who has all the good ideas and, like, that other people know she couldn't possibly have had for herself out of the way. I don't know. I bet you th- she thought about Bang and Kira, too, though. I hope that there's still time. <laughs> We're only on season three. Yeah. Yeah, no, you get the sense here. It's like, Wynn is definitely, you know... One of these people, she, like, wanted the position and then got it and realized she was in way over her head. That yeah. sounds like, like someone. That. No, I, I kind of do. And I think that was one of the points of this episode was that she was not equipped to do these negotiations. She did not At have all. the ability. I mean, she kind of got, you know, elected Kai in the midst of this, you know, her opponent was in a, involved in a scandal. You know, she, you know, we, we were led to believe early on that she was kind of the underdog candidate to begin with. Yeah. Mm. And, she, you know, she's kind of represents an extremist wing of, of the, the Vedic assembly. That is what they told us. And then against all odds, because of this scandal, uh, Bryle's emails got hacked and she manages to just eke out a win in the election. And then we find out, well, wait, she's not actually good at governing the good thing is, though, she's going to be able to blame Beryl's death 
on failure on the part of Kaiopaka to see this coming. Mm. <laughs> Thankfully, she'll be able to just That's right. push the blame right Kaio off. Kaiopaka never left a, a guidebook on how to deal with the death <laughs> of a major. Oh, is that lackluster? That lackluster Starfleet doctor. She can blame him. Mm. Sure. I mean, no, also, I'm, I'm drawing also... a. Yeah, I'm drawing a Trump parallel Trump. to our current administration. No, I, I understood. Okay. Fair. No, I also wonder, like, you know, because Burial was the one doing these negotiations. You can't just step in without knowing at all what has gone on already. You can't just well, yeah, say, but... all right, Cardassians, get me up to speed, because the Cardassians are going to say, well, everything was going in our favor, so you're well, just going to continue that. But they did kind of try to do that, because oh, yeah, when she goes... Did. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because she goes to him, and he's like, we fucking already decided this. They're not getting that. You tell them to suck a dick. That's what I mean, like, the, a better leader would have, like, knowing they're now going, even with Boreal, with her, maybe would have read some bet. Like, she doesn't even seem to know anything about the armistice, which it seems like anyone trying to get the gig of Kai should at least, even if there aren't negotiations planned, like, you should at least know the details of the basic armistice that happened. Yeah, and I notice also that when they were in that negotiation room, did you notice that they were sitting on opposite sides, opposite sides on the short end of the table? Like they weren't sitting all the way 30 feet apart, which is uh, traditional for negotiations. That's the, the Jellico standard Cardassians. right there. Yeah. They, Although he comes in 20 minutes, 20 minutes late. So that's true. She probably also showed up on time, which was that bitch. Her problem. It, what it is, is that they got sick of having to stand up to pass the salt. Mm. <laughs> when Kai Wynn is salty, she prefers to be up close, you know? But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I read was that the original pitch was very, very Frankenstein, and they basically turned Dr. Bashir into Dr. Frankenstein, but it was just a random federal ambassador in the middle of negotiations with Romulans. Mm. But everyone's all like, yeah, but we don't care about this ambassador, so we don't give a shit whether he lives or dies. These we don't people have- cared about Burial? I'll get What's to wrong that. with them? I'll get to that. And then they're like, yeah, and Romulans, we don't even see Romulans out here really at all, so fuck that. And they considered for a hot second changing the role to O'Brien since Cole Mina <laughs> was kind of rumored to be leaving at some point because he's been doing a lots of movies. Um, oh, fair, yeah. Yeah, but, then, but that didn't happen. He, they, they kept him around anyway. And they he wasn't in Aliens. Oh, was he in Con Air? Yes. I always get it mixed. I don't know why. I literally like always get it mixed. Aliens like years earlier, too. He's also just in a metric fuck ton of Irish and English movies. Anyway, sorry, go on, Ames. Yeah, so they switch it over to Burial, thinking, oh, he's important enough that we can kill him. It's like what they did with Opaka. He's important enough that if we kill him off, it'll seem important. But then they got all these angry emails from a, from a group called the Friends of Vedic Burial, <laughs> who sent him all these pictures of a memorial service they held in his honor. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, they sound they sound kind of weird. It was actually um, Argyle's actor that, that did that <laughs> in solidarity. I, I can admit the character had sort of grown on me a little, so I was a little sad to see him go, but also not really surprised. You know, like they've been, especially because you're like, even before we get to the next episode, it's just like they're trying to lay the foundation for like Odo and Kira. So obviously you've got to get rid of Father What a Waste. Wait. Did you say lay the foundation? Stop spoiling the show gonna, for Caitlin. Odo Are wants we to lay building some on the foundation? Did you watch the next episode? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> but what's the next episode? I would. Well, we won't wh- get there. We're not there. I yet. mean, we don't know that anything comes of it, but they're clearly trying I mean, to start I mean, they're, something. Well, they're, Listen, I think part don't of the whole thing was fucking that- play with me, okay? I already had to watch Heart of Stone and have my fucking shit played with today. Yeah, <laughs> don't I don't know. Fuck I with think me. that. Um, <laughs> 
Because they always kind of made it seem like, yeah, Kira and Burial is a thing, but Odo kind of is uncomfortable about it. Yeah, and Burial is terribly, terribly boring. Yeah. And Odo's just been kind of staring from the sidelines for like a season and yeah, a half Yeah, doing, doing his best Niles Crane. Well, I was yeah. going to say, though, that's, that's the thing. Way less creepy, though. This just, oh, definitely. Well, well, we'll get to it. There's a remark he makes in the next episode that I went, oh. Well, I'm um, glad we're going to get to it. Yeah. But but I just also feel like maybe it's just because I'm so in tune with Odo as a character, but it's been immensely clear to me for a long time. So I feel like kind of putting a, what do you call it? Put a button on it. Um, Put a pin in that? No. Uh, lampshade? Whatever. They made it really obvious when Shine it felt like... Shine a spotlight at it. Yes, I already felt like it was pretty obvious, but next episode obviously, obviously makes yeah. it more obvious. I, I, I will say, you know, credit to um, Bryle's actor, whose name escapes me. I never knew it, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he does That's why do it a... escaped you. <laughs> but I realized, like, why am I saying it escaped me? I never knew. Well, um, you were being polite. <laughs> he is a listener. He did do a good job <laughs> of like, is. like he did a good job of being like funky when he had his half robot brain. It was just like, oh yeah, no, he's already gone. This is yeah. Yeah, that's that very was why it was. It was weird that Kira would want them to go further. It was like he was already like, oh, your touch is like a vision from the past or whatever the fuck. Memory like, of a touch. Why well, is would... the question though? Because we we we've known people with positronic brains, and we no one liked them. I mean, personally, the... I wish. Um, so they try to they try to squeeze in this element that you know it's oh how much of you can you can be replaced like there's that what that Greek boat or something that's the the yeah the formation or the, the foundation Greek of this boat thing. what if the you if you have a, the ship of somebody the ship of of testicles <laughs> I don't think no I know it's, it's it's a thought experiment by. Fuck, yeah, it probably you, Plato. Plato's the one. You replace all the parts on the sh- if you replace all the parts on the ship, is it still the same ship? Yes, yes. Thank you, Jake. Uh, well, for, as for long as you still that, as long as you still have the original something something, that's what the USS Constitution's been. Doing I don't think that's a mansplain. Uh, I'm going to disagree about that being a mansplain. Wow, that was you. that was incredibly Larry David of you, first of all. But second of all, I have to agree. I think it was more just a brief summary. It was an, it, it was. I mean, a man stealing. Said it, but yeah, I mean, not every time wind. a man says a thing is it a mansplain. No, but you did interrupt and take the wind out of her sail, so it was a uh, much like that Greek boat. God yes. damn it! Great. Now Chris is mansplaining exactly how you mansplain. We inter- no, 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 no. It like wasn't that. an interruption because we were already trying to remember the name of who the guy that said the was thing it was. Was it Jason? Are we talking about Jason's boat? He had a boat. Jason. He was a fictional person. Oh, you're talking about a real person, Jason a real boat. X. It was God a, anyway. Damn it! God fucking damn it! Jason Voorhees. Oh God! Sight really is broken know. down. Is Here's it Lisa's the thing. name I, Voorhees too? Holy shit! I honestly shit. have no idea. I don't know what Jake's talking about either. No one but knows I, what Jake's talking about. But I honestly about. don't. I have never heard of the the thought experiment ship thing. Yeah, so it's I, a, it's I'm an not. Old... I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just don't know. I'm really Jake's not. trying to be an asshole. Well, he's also and, succeeding. And, and how he, do you know he's trying? I thought he was just good at it naturally. <laughs> He, yeah, well, okay, let's let's bring this back to this episode where it's like, you know, how much of Burial can you take away before he's no longer Burial? Which yeah. they, they kind of like tease that theme a little bit and then they say, eh, we're not going to bother going down that route. We're just going to not do it. 
Apparently, you can replace literally everything except the second half of the brain. That's it. Once you get there. Well, so here's the thing, though. Like you did say, we've known people with positronic brains and we've loved them. The only person I can think of who we knew and loved is Data, obviously. And he... Dr. Ira Graves took Data's body for a little while. He was still very much him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that may not be quite But here's the thing. We've already, it's been established like a thousand times that data is like a super unique thing and it's really hard to like duplicate that and all this shit. So I feel like Deep Space Nine is happening contemporaneously with TNG TNG Not doesn't... anymore, now it's dead. Yeah, it's ended at this point. Well, but I mean, it's in the same couple of years, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, what I, mean, what I mean is, last year we didn't know how to duplicate Data's brain, so I assume this year we don't, too. Yeah, like, I think the th- difference is, yeah, with, with Data, his whole brain is positronic. It's a Soong-made one. Soong was the one who'd really cracked that code. You know, obviously you've got Maddox back on Earth still tinkering here and there, and he probably came up with these basic implants. With Graves, you know, that was a full, like, download of his, um, patterns, whereas this is taking somebody whose brain is already fucked up and going, like, let's jam some robot parts in there and see if that fixes him. It's like when you try to rip a CD that's already scratched up, so even though you get the MP3, there's still those jumps. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How about about Picard? This is spoiling Picard. Apologies. Fuck you. Um, How about Picard at the end of first season Picard? Is he still Picard? Well... I mean, that, that, that sort of, that gets to the bigger question of, yes, if it's a full download like that, well, is he still him? And that's... And it's also 30 years later when Bruce Maddox has got it down to such a science that he can take one fucking nanoparticle from Data's asshole and he can make a whole new robot. So, like... My, my I mean... no <clears throat> That sort of, yeah, that gets into the weeds of, like... I mean, this whole discussion, like, it, let's say they did completely swap out Burial's brain. He has all the memories. His emotions maybe were all janky and all that. They but, always like, were. They probably <laughs> yeah, how could you even way. tell the difference? <laughs> but like that that gets into not just scientific but even philosophical realms cuz like in reality at this point what you have is a copy of Barail and is a copy them. But that also then you could drag in the whole transporter argument to Transporter argument? There's the argument that Every time you transport, you die. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, in my brain, I heard transformer and got myself confused. Why did the whole they just... transformer argument? They why, turned him into a truck. Just, why didn't they just put him through the fucking transporter? Maybe that would have done it. Seriously, call Curly. Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, I can. I can uh, just use this last pattern. It'll fix up the brain. Actually, they probably could do that. God damn it. These the transporter suckers. is always magic, except for when it would make sense. It's fine. I'm really glad he's gone. <laughs> um, Odo can swoop in in right. one episode. And I was going to say, he doesn't fucking wait long, does he? Jesus Christ, the poor bitch hasn't even finished her morning cycle. Sitting Shiva, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's right. Isn't the, don't the Bajorans do the screaming for a day and a half? What? Oh, they, no, not screaming. They, they do um. Singing You're right, they something. mentioned 
Yeah, back when they thought Roe had died. Yeah, it's like, oh no, there I hope they don't do of... the, the, the Bajoran chanting or whatever the fuck Wow, was. that's a good memory for kind of a throwaway line. Listen, Ames is great at the deets. Nope, apparently I don't know a ship name, so... I still don't know. Um, well, we'll find you some links, Caitlin. I mean, I mean, that's that's a that's a thing a lot of people aren't going to know about. So I don't think that's. Uh, um. So the thing about Burial. There's a thing about Burial. Yeah, I don't give a shit that he's dead, but I care a lot that Kira cared that he was dead. Okay. Because that closing scene. I know we have a B mm. plot to talk about, but there's no reason we can't talk about the end of the A plot and then. Move no, not on. at all. Yeah. No. Like, literally, like, when I tell you, honestly, I was gleeful when he died. And then they were like, oh, his brain is still firing. I was like, god damn it, don't you dare. (laughs) Uh, And I don't really know why. Like, I didn't know until this episode how much I wanted him going away. Wow. To be an option. Like, and then quarantine is done to Caitlin. (laughs) Yeah, dude, no, it's, it's turning me into a monster. But, but at the end, like... Kira knows, right, logically, that what she's asking him to do is not going to roll. She knows it's too late. She probably knew as soon as he had half his brain removed and replaced that it was too late. But I just thought that that ending scene where she talks about, you know, the first time I saw you, I fucking thought you were insufferable because you seemed to have it all figured out. And then I realized that you didn't. And like, that's when I knew I loved you and all this shit. I was like weeping weeping and the thing is is that felt like she shed a couple tears but i felt like this felt like such a very kira way to deal with it too like i don't feel like i do feel like she would go back to ops and finish her day and i do feel like she would have some tears but she would rather like be strong and solid and have this moment i just thought i thought it was gorgeous i have more and more respect for nana visitor like every week and I don't just say that because I think she's hot. Doesn't hurt, but it's not the only reason. I just, I don't know. I really loved it. I was like weeping. Because yeah, that's you know the thing. I didn't give a shit about Burial. Like, honestly, didn't. Yeah, and you know what it reminds me of a little bit is when Lol dies. Because I know Caitlin and I gave no shits about Lol. No, mm-hmm. And not she a dies and fuck. you're like, great, that's a thing that happened. But then you watch Data trying to process, oh, I, my daughter died. And I don't have emotions to process yeah, this, I wish but I'm I still could processing this. Yeah. 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 It was just really hard. It was just really hard. And I don't know. Anything that's even a little bit sad these days really stabs me in the heart because I think everything is like so Mm. weird. But I I thought it was it was beautifully acted. I think that there's no speech that Burial himself could have given that would have made me give a shit. I (laughs) think that Kira did it. And because to me, like the only reason Burial was important was because of how Kira felt. And so I felt like Hers was a touching tribute that did him justice. The next episode is just chanting. (laughs) The whole episode. (laughs) I enjoyed, um, you know, I thought a lot of good scenes for Bashir in this. Although when he first resuscitates Burial, I was like, oh god, he is gonna use this on so many dates. I think by the end, clearly not. But at first, he's like, I just brought a man back from the dead. You know, I'm the first Starfleet doctor who can say that they've resuscitated a man 40 minutes after his heart had stopped. It's funny you mentioned that they originally had more of a Frankenstein angle, Ames, because I was like, oh man, I'm having to zap his brain back to life. It's, uh, 
He's Dr. Frankenstein in this situation. Hmm. So a little of it apparently was left there. But um, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. I loved his scene with Wynn. Which um, one? The one where he accuses when he her of not caring anymore? coward. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah, just like straight up like, oh, this is why everyone hates you. I haven't had much time to figure it out, but oh dear, you're awful. And what I loved too was we got a signature Kai Wynn threat. Yeah. Non-threat threat. I won't forget what you've said here, Doctor. It's just like, I'm just the physician. There's nothing I could want you could stand in the way of, you dumb bitch. She has a way of uh, having accidents happen around her. So, I mean. True. <laughs> that time that 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 <coughs> little school school building was bombed randomly. Oh, God, <laughs> Who yeah. can say how that happened? But yeah, I, I, I always like it when they have the uh, doctor characters, doctor around, you know, just be like, this and that be damned, I'm here for my patient, yada yada, do not get, it's like, it's the ultimate opposite of the needs of the many. You know, it's like, you understand this, this, this treaty is important, right? Don't give a fuck, have a patient, really have qualms about turning him into a robot. Yeah, he had qualms about it until Kira, who apparently was a medical proxy by Bumpin' Uglies, told him, like, no, this is what he'd want. Oh, okay, well, in that case, I guess we'll replace half his brain. She, she was his emergency contact. We don't know. Was anyone there to notarize those forms? I haven't seen any. <laughs> I haven't seen any forms. Here's the thing. After being under Cardassian occupation for so long, the Bajorans are really against paperwork. So Bumpin' Uglies is, in fact, legally binding there. Oh, cool. oh and, and for the... Klingons, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it is. Sorry, Ames. That's okay, I'm used to it. Before we oh. move on to the B-plot, Jake hasn't talked for about ten minutes. What? Are you okay, Jake? Yep. I'm sorry I accused you of mansplaining. No, it's all right, I'm, I'm fine. You sure? Yeah. I feel bad now. No, don't feel bad, this I'm is good. My, this is my way in life. I'm fine. Okay, tell us about Nog then. Um How do you feel about Nog? He's not um apparently uh he's he's I I have more in common with him than I knew. Oh no! <laughs> no I was not what I was setting you up for. I was gonna ask I was gonna ask if Nog was some kind of hero to the incels, and now I guess I have the answer. Thank you, Jake. Glad I could clear that up. <laughs> well done. It is funny, though, Nog is such a weird link this week that, like, we see him at peak Ferengi in this episode. Yeah. And then in the next episode, it's like, it's a weird kind of two sides of him. Because, I mean, culturally, he is a Ferengi. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so it's, it's, it'll be, well, obviously, we'll discuss that a bit more when we get to the Money is money, but women are better. And you know what's even better than that? Starfleet? Apparently, that's a personal rule, not a rule of acquisition. Yes. I love um, that scene where Jake was like, so I have to break our our bro date for a girl date. And I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, wow, Nog is taking this really well. Oh. <laughs> I, it's funny because I mean, when they started to introduce that, that plot, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're having this really serious A plot about like politics and dying Barail and all this other stuff. And now we're going to have a comedy date B plot? Yeah. Is this going to work? The writers Where the admit, B stands for bros before hoes. Yeah, the writers admit that they are not satisfied with the combination of the A and B plots. And they actually thought, oh yeah, since a, the A plot is going to be so morbid and sad, let's have a lighter, funny B plot. Oh God, now it just looks wrong. 
Well, see, what I thought was interesting was, like, at the end of the day, they still didn't quite mesh, but it wasn't as stark as I thought it was going to be. Because, like, the date happens, and it's super uncomfortable. Like, not funny uncomfortable, just uncomfortable. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then it, it, it turns into this much more interesting plot of, like, you know, you get Cisco admitting, like, I was wrong about Rom. I mean, no, God damn it. No, I so did that episode. today, too. I literally messaged you that way. I'm sorry. It's my fault. No, it's okay. I do it all the time, too, already, though. So so he's like, I was wrong about Nog and this and that. And, you know, it, it's the the only way to reach across cultures is to understand that we're not going to see eye to eye on everything straight away. And the only way to maybe, you know, if you, if you look at a culture and feel like, that seems a little, you know, well, you got to be able to sit and talk to people about it and... You know, I thought it was ultimately a good message of like it. It you know you you've got to understand that when you reach across to people, like they're not going to automatically be like you. And it was a, it was a good. It is in a weird way. It, it sort of worked with the whole we're having negotiations thing in the background, and like I like that it wasn't full on comedy shenanigans. It turned into yeah. something. The Nagus didn't show up or anything. Oh boy. Oh. My boy, you handled it perfectly. Yeah, you sound like a Muppet. Yeah, I can't do the Nagus as well. I was thinking you sound well. like the One alien from the Crash Bandicoot racing game. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. I hadn't thought about the the parallel between the negotiation, but I really like that idea. But I also kind of like. So this is the question I have: is like, but when you're meeting halfway with people. Like, what's your responsibility to reject that fucking horror? Because, I mean, I know the Frangi are not part of the Federation, and as far <coughs> as I know, probs don't want to be, right? Am I wrong? I doubt it. Yeah, I'm sure they don't want to be, because they're, they don't have the same value system at all as the Federation. Yeah, in well, the least. Not a uh, single one. Here's the thing. They kind of do, right? Because Ferengis are, like, super capitalists, and Starfleet is, or the Federation is sort of America. Yeah, but the, the but Federation is, isn't capitalist. Yeah, no, they have a colonialist system. No. Not that the two are inherently incompatible, but... But it's kind of like, it's and it's not exactly the same thing, but like thinking about other countries where like genital mutilation is fine. Right? Like, I still feel like... I, I guess what I'm asking is like, to what extent do you have a responsibility to... Well, right, and that's what I was kind of getting at, is like, it, it's... And these are just two kids who are being friends, but it does speak to a larger thing of like there are there are people you're going to be friends with or you're going to be allies with and there's a question of like we don't want everyone to be a homogenized culture but we need to at some point agree upon a base level of ethics yeah and and how does that and there is no easy answer to that you know how does that work how how do you deal with that on an individual basis? How do you deal with that on a political basis? It's something without an easy answer. And for them, being just two guys, you know, two kids who are friends, it's easy enough to just go like, no double dates. <laughs> um, I mean, they probably though, won't. I'm sure they won't ever again. Well, Nog, says, right. Nog even says that. If we're going to be friends, double dating's off the table. <laughs> but, you know, that's Nog acknowledging, way. like, you know, it's like, yeah, you treat women in a way I'm deeply uncomfortable with, but I'm acknowledging it's your culture and 
you know, for for each individual, that that sort of varies on what you're willing to deal with. Although, obviously, Rom is Nog. Rom is Nog. Uh, Nog is is going to have to eschew a lot of his beliefs if he wants to uh, stay in Starfleet. Yeah, I, I, imagine I feel gotta, like got to take your female coworkers more seriously. Yeah, I'm just gonna say I feel like he gets thrown out like week one because he says some of that fucking sexist shit to some like you know wannabe ensign, and they're just like get out. Yeah, no, I definitely expected that to clash far more than it did. I like that Odo left them in jail together. Yeah. <laughs> Odo, I, like I can, can imagine him later at the bar, like, well, he didn't specify when he <laughs> wanted to be let out. They're still there. <laughs> no, I love that. Or, I love how Nog figured it out. It was very cunning. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. My if dad's not here, here screaming at me. Your dad's not here getting you out of it. <laughs> Nog knows what's up. I know we didn't do it. Hold yeah, on. It was actually really good. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's pretty good that Nog is like, why aren't we being yelled at? Good job. I also like to imagine maybe Odo just legitimately forgotten later. It's like home alone. <laughs> you know, he's he's like he's in his he's in his apartment, uh, his quarters, and he's like you know suddenly like one of the random items in there grows his face and hands, and he goes, <gasps> "I lost him in the jail." Cisco. <laughs> 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 uh, now I want to watch Home Alone. Don't. Mm. It's not even. In I'm season, gonna go do it right now. See you later. Is the only time we saw Quark this episode when he made a delicious-looking souffle? Oh, right, the souffle. That he named after Kai Wynn, and I thought that was adorable. Speaking of fucking Armin Shimmerman and his writer, like, requiring he be in every fucking episode, because that's the only time we see him is for this fucking cringeworthy moment of being like, check out this shit I named after you. Lick it off my finger. Yeah, that's a woman I don't want to plow. And then he, like, kind of takes her hands a little bit with his hands and is, like, touching her and shit. And I'm like, oh, you got I, Ferengi I feel like slobber on your hands. I feel like in this case, it's less legitimate interest and more she's the Kai. And therefore, yeah. very important on Bajor. That, that she lick his fingers? <laughs> he's well, like, he's like, any he's kind like of listen, like, bitch, chew this cake and spit it in my mouth. That's how Ferengi women do it. <sighs> Uh, no, I mean, any sort of, like, hitting on her is less because he actually wants to oh. bag her and more, like... I didn't think it was flirtatious. I just thought it was hugely inappropriate and not Definitely. necessary whatsoever. But as, but as we've seen, that's how Ferengi do. True. I do, though, love it because I think nothing offends her sensibilities more than knowing that people are ordering a cake named after her. She does, yeah. She would hate that. I like, she makes that. a... She makes a bit of a face, and it's just like, good. Dumbass. So, Ames, I shouldn't tell you about the chocolate chip cookies that I named after you. I would eat those cookies. Give me those cookies. I'm really trying to hold back, because there's just lots of dirty jokes. Oh, that's the joke. No, I don't know. I just... I just want cookies. Yeah, I would... I do, too. So, uh... (laughs) Yeah, I agree, though, and the look on her face was pretty magical, but I... Like, I it just... was subtle, which was good. She didn't overplay it, but it was a good, like, oh, wonderful. I mean, that's, that's Louise Fletcher being amazing, so... She's yeah, no, brilliant. she's great. She's great. I really enjoy watching her. Like, loving, loving hating her is, like, just one of those things that makes DS9 so delightful. Yeah, no, she's nails being just the worst. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's good. I like, I like her. I like when she shows up in an episode. Do we want to move on to the next one? 
I feel like we keep kind of encroaching yeah. on it, so unless anyone has anything else. Oh, my final note is uh, this is the first episode that overlaps with Voyager airing, so Voyager's on the air now. Oh, okay. So expect the writing staff to be split again. I was going to say, because this episode was great, so it's actually kind of incredible that they were working on a second show. Mm. <laughs> I, I, it's it's pretty good. I think you think it's great because yeah, they killed say Father what, is, what a Waste. No, I, no, no. I mean, I just really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't even yeah. just mean that. I mean, I just think that it was... I thought your, it was I mean, your enjoyment was great. Yeah, fine. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it was a, by any stretch a bad episode, but I think great might be a little slightly overrigging the pudding, in my opinion. Well, what did, we all, what did we all think of Heart of Stone, then? I don't remember what it's about. What's, uh, well, good God, me, what was it about? Let me tell you what it was about. So in Heart of Stone, in the A-plot, Kira and Odo are heading back from some Bajoran colony, and they encounter a Maquis vessel involved in some bullshit, so they chase it down to a planet. And then they beam down, and, or they, they have to land because the planet's covered in some kind of bullshit that makes it so nothing works. And they chase the Maquis into some caves, and they get split up. And then Kira starts shouting, Odo, Odo, help me, help me, I've fallen and I can't get up. And Odo <laughs> walks back, and he sees that she's got her foot stuck in, in, in a crystal of some kind. And she can't pull it out. So she, he's like, fuck. Well, let's blow it up with a, a rock. So he hits it with a rock and it doesn't do anything. So she shoots a phaser at it. And that just makes it get bigger and take over more of her leg. Whoopsie. So that's basically the A plot. They're just stuck in this cave while her leg is stuck in a thing that's gradually growing and going to cover her before long. And I'll get back to that. And then uh, the B plot is another Nog plot. Nog wants to join Starfleet now for some reason even though he just figured out in the last episode how utterly incompatible he is with humans. But uh, he's going to join Starfleet to go hang with lots of humans. Because he's a Ferengi, which is not a Federation citizen. He has to be specifically recommended by a command-level officer, namely Benjamin Sisko. So, oh. so he tries to bribe Sisko with a big bag of cash. Well, Latinum. That doesn't work. And then Sisko's like, hmm... You know what I'll do? I'll uh, I'll make him do some menial task and he'll fuck it up or be lazy about it and won't work. So he has him inventory a cargo bay that's already been inventoried and um, he does a really good job. So Cisco writes him the special letter. No, oh, Annie doesn't steal anything. Annie doesn't steal important. anything, yeah. which is important. Oh wait, he didn't. He didn't write the letter right away though. He had that nice chat with him first. Oh yeah, he wanted yeah, to find out chat. why Nog wanted to join Starfleet, and it turns out it's because he's a terrible Ferengi. He doesn't have any business sense. He has no lobes, and he doesn't want to turn into a little toady like his father. So he wants to join Starfleet to become more than what he would be otherwise. When I grow up, I don't want to be a little bitch. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, and Quark tries to forbid it. Oh, yeah. Quark's going to forbid it. But Rom uh, has a momentary spine spotting <laughs> and is like, no, you can go. Go. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he is such a doof. Um, anywho, back on our cave world, Kira is up to her neck in crystal. And um and trouble and ah. sis and uh Cisco and Odo's like okay 
well, I can't leave because I'm in love with you. And she's like, I'm in love with you too, Odo. And he's like, suddenly it wasn't just a heart of stone. Say that, then, then Odo was suddenly oh, encasing dear. crystal. And um, <laughs> so anywho, uh, but that tips him off because, you know, his spidey sense starts going off and he realizes, wait a minute, there's no way anyone could love me. Oh, um, so sad. Except for Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin does love him. Uh, so he's like, who are you? And then Kira starts smiling and it's like, wait a minute. And then she turns into that changeling bitch that we met in the Gamma Quadrant. I just, think of, I, just, I just think of her as being his mom. I know that's not <laughs> what she is, but I was like, I God think. damn it, mom. That better not be his mom, because they like arm fucked. Ugh. So um, Odo's, Odo's, Odo's weird aunt shows up. And, uh, no, they are not related. They arm fucked. They are literally all related. I don't think the, I don't think the link is, a, is the same as fucking. No, no, but they did that thing with the arms, and he definitely like got off on it. Anyway, I'm, go okay. on. Um, what the fuck are you talking about? So it turns about? out that uh, some weird shit. It turns he out that she was like... pretending to be uh, Kira because she wanted to find out why Odo chose to hang out with the solids, and now she knows that it was because he loves Kira, and she hoped that by killing off Kira, or like otherwise just getting Kira out of the picture and pretending and making Odo think that she died, that Odo would give up and move in with her. Uh, so yeah, definitely like creepy mom shit, you know. So, uh, but that wouldn't have worked anyway. They've got a Kira holodeck back at the ship. That's true. Well, now they, well no, but it got it's replaced. Got a yeah, so head, though. That's, that's he can problem. fix that. So yeah, he loves Quark too. Maybe that would be his perfect woman. Kira's body with Quark's head. Nice. I would love to see this episode with Quark and Kira flipped. That'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, she leaves. She gets, uh, you know, the, the changeling lady gets beamed up. And uh, Odo rescues the real Kira, who's in some kind of, like, stasis pod. They're at the box yeah. somewhere. And uh, they, they, everyone, and all, everyone lives happily ever after. Yay. Except Odo. No, except, yeah. except the Nah visitor, because we remember she's claustrophobic, oh, and yeah, they I stuffed her that. in a rock prop, and I felt I was thinking so that the bad whole time. for her. I forgot about that. I did not. I was thinking that the whole time. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Maybe she's one of those people where if her head's uncovered, she's okay. But no, I take it. It was, yeah, apparently it was very uncomfortable. They also had to strap her feet to the floor to keep her still. Oh, during, like, during the crystal part, you mean? Yeah, during the whole crystal part. They, like, built a chair into the crystal so she could rest. Well, that was good mm. of them. Shit. Yeah, it looked terrible, though. And the whole cast and crew are really unhappy with the rock prop because it looks really fucking dumb. Oh, it looks yeah, shit. It looks really I, like, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, this episode is going to be fucking stupid, isn't it? Couldn't have been <laughs> more wrong. But in the beginning, I fucking hate it because I'm like, how the fuck did you step into that by mistake? And the thing is... My, I went through a roller coaster on this episode mm. because at first he's like, you know, she's like, I'm going to go this way and you go that way. And then like three seconds later, she's like, oh, no, help. And I was like, there's no fucking way that's really Kira. So from the beginning, I'm like, this is not Kira. Oh, really? Wow. I was like, nope, it isn't. Yes, I thought that, but I let myself start to believe the illusion. And by the time they were confessing their love, 
I was literally sitting in my living room screeching with delight, like literally yelling, like probably my neighbors have called the police. But then right after she said it, I was like, I just remembered this isn't really Kira. Aha. Uh-huh. Son of a bitch. Kira would never like, say that. And then like two minutes later, he's like, I know you're not really Kira. And shit. And I. It's a hell of a bluff to call her on, though. Mm. Like, he must have been super sure. I mean, granted, you know, he, he is Columbo, so. Yeah, and just one more thing, all... Kira. And he's been reading all those books that the chief is giving That's him between cute. kayaking sessions. My, my joke was, Odo I is the kayak. <laughs> I really loved, there were actually two pieces of, like, world-building type shit that happened in this episode that I, like, loved so much. The first was when Bashir was talking about having that, Oh Alien. yeah, that crewman is budding. Oh, whatever yeah, yeah. kind. That's they were Ensign budding Villa and was trying and, and wanted to give him some time off from his usual shifts because of his because of his condition. And Cisco's realization, you mean he's pregnant? Budding. Oh, I'll have to send him a card. Oh, did you get him anything? Oh, O'Brien and I are planning a baby shower. What? I love, I love that it's all the men, too. That's so I fucking cool. It was so beautiful. Like, I was just like, wouldn't it be nice if it was, like, okay for dudes to do that? I mean, Why wasn't that the episode? I, I loved that. Like, I just thought that that was so, like, I... I thought it was really beautiful. Like, and I get it. Like, I fall in love more and more with Cisco every fucking week. Like, every week, I'm just like, I fucking love Cisco. And again, even though we are not ourselves the biggest baby fans, I just thought his joy at finding out that someone was pregnant and like, we have to get him something. He might need like a crib. Oh, it's twins? Two cribs. Do the things that Bud need cribs? I don't know. No, they needed a pool to drop off into because the, the, the character is some kind of alien thing we never get to see. Yeah, uh, it's better. No, it probably would have been a disappointment, you know. Yeah. So presumably, like the offspring just kind of like pop off of him and flop into yeah. a pool, like and then funny swim around. Little jelly bean kangaroo that's how, babies that's, with no that's pouch. That's how I. That's how I would. How I would have kids. Budding. Yeah, you don't have to go through the childbirth thing, and then they just swim away and they're done just with them. Pop off. And the other, so the other one was this kayaking business with O'Brien, like the idea that Odo is going on lengthy kayak trips. He's gone on two already. He's going, he and O'Brien have their third date tomorrow night. O'Brien sings Louis Luai, apparently. Yeah, that ancient earth sea sea chanty. chanty. (laughs) They wanted Odo to sing the song, but they couldn't get the rights. Shame. Well, it was was still really a funny reveal. Like, because I kind of was also wondering, like, what kind of classical music will this be, you know? (laughs) Row, row, row your boat? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's taken. Let's do a round and have some marshmallows. But yeah, I, I just like, I don't know why. Like, again, maybe just the idea of leaving my house and doing something with another person just sounds really, really intoxicatingly wonderful right now. But like, just these little world building things are, are they're so like, I really love I love what Deep Space Nine is giving me as a world. Like, I love that there are budding aliens and men planning baby showers and Two guys can be in a kayak together, and it's totally fine. I don't know. I just like it. I love it. And I know it's nothing to do with the plot, really, but it was these little things that I just thought were so beautiful. Yeah, we will hear from hear about Vilix Pran again in the future, I, I've read, but we will never see him. Alas. Aww. Or his, if it, or if it his were budlings. In, yeah, if it were, like, today and they had, and, like, the technology has caught up, we'd probably get to see 
with his little critters swimming around. We'd probably get to see the birth. Gross. No one yeah. wants to see that. Well, We've already seen it's, Keiko. It's a budding, you know. Yeah. Worf is the one that delivers it again. And fucking Worf yeah. got got Ensign what's his name pregnant. <laughs> I, I I what I liked was they had to have a techno babble thing to try to break Kira out of the who's it. But There's a lot of techno it, babble, that's true. It's it's Odo, so he couldn't just have it buried somewhere in his head like the chief or something. So they were like, Alright, so how does he know something like this? Like we know. Fucking crime reports. And I thought that was a a clever way to... Because if Odo just came up with that, I'd be like, wait a goddamn minute. But the Odo fact that it was like... Odo was a physicist now. Yeah, like the fact that it was something he read in a report, it's like, that makes sense. I kept waiting for him to turn into liquid and use it to explode the rock. Me too! I thought the that, same thing. That feels like the most obvious answer to this problem. He got to be a tarp and protect he Kira did. from falling rocks. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah. yeah. Like I wondered why dome. he had gone sparkly for a minute. I was like, why did that just happen? Yeah, but okay. yeah now he uh, straight up Mr. Fantastic to the situation. It's because he is fantastic. Yeah. More so than Mr. Fantastic, who's actually kind of an asshole. Cool. Please, Mr. Fantastic is my father. Yeah, I got a lot lost in a lot of the techno babble because they're in this cave, they're on this planet. Well, was it uh, revealed that the whole planet is what's kind of making nothing work? Because the teleporter yeah, just, won't work. Well, and it's the atmosphere is... won't work. They talked about the atmosphere being a problem on their way down. But the they, phasers they were trying. Yeah, I don't know about. I don't know why that works. But they were trying to use the um, transporter to like save the the guy flying the other spaceship, the Maquis ship. Yeah, which they was were probably just to... entirely changeling lady. Possibly. The whole ship was yeah. her? No, no, because the they ship had was still named... there. The ship was crashed on the planet. That was just her pretending to be a crashed ship. <laughs> well, yeah, but she must have had an actual transport to get there, so the ship was probably real. But well, she, no, she, was, beam, she, was, she was beamed out by the Jem'Hadar, presumably. At the end, oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. And she definitely implied, like, they they legit just stole that ship. Because when Odo's like, how did you get that? She's like, we're not going to reveal all our secrets. I'm also going to assume oh, that I the planet that... was seismically, you know, seismically active. But I think that all the other stuff, like the fact that they couldn't use tricorders or transporters, was probably some technology that the, the Dominion had set up. Because mm. she was able to bleep beam out just fine at the end. So they oh, probably yeah, just point. turned on some kind of... You know, dampening field. At like what's her name had on? Um, yeah, Hotbox Planet. Yep, Paradise. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I fucking loved with this episode is um the origins of Odo's name. Mm. Oh my god, I was crying. <laughs> I cried so much. Ames, tell us Apparently. about Odo's name. Oh my god. Well, I I was assuming because you know when he was just you know some kind of specimen thing they found. And the Cardassians, of course, are there, like, being like, what are you got scientists up to? We're making sure we're keeping an eye on you. And they labeled him whatever they thought he was, they, you know, un, un, unknown, unknown species or unknown whatever. Um, I assume that they would have written lunch <laughs> to make sure that the Cardassians didn't realize it was something important. But then they would have eaten him. Because Cardassians will always be stealing your lunch. That sounds right. Someone at my work once took some of my chicken, and I'm pretty sure they were Cardassian. Yep. Now that you mention it. 
But yeah, I loved that, you know, they translated it, but instead of translating it to unknown sample, it literally translates to nothing. And I always felt like that was really fitting. And uh, all of my he heartstrings admits, have been plucked this day. He admits that even Quark Aww. is part of his little circle, his, his little family. Yeah, but he was lying. He only added those people because he didn't want to just be Kira. Because at that point, I don't think he knew it wasn't actually her. Well, I mean, I think he still meant it. You know, I, I, I think he's a bad enough liar that all of that was true. Yeah. To, to, to hide the truth, he just gives you more truth. Yeah, there That's we go. That, thank you. That makes more sense as a statement. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. I just, yeah. I have, like, literally nothing good, to, like, useful to say about this episode beyond just loving it. Did you like, did you like the twist at the ending? With it, with mom, yeah. When it turns out being to be mom, and he's well, like, like, "Oh I said, fuck!" I knew it was. I knew it wasn't Kira. I hadn't really figured it was Changelings yet. I guess like I didn't get there, but I knew it wasn't really her. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, it made sense. It was kind of. I mean, it definitely explains why nothing he did was going to get her out of that rock because that was literally just part of her body. Um, and it does seem like the kind of weird bullshit. I mean, if you have, if you are the most powerful being or beings in the Gamma Quadrant. It seems like the kind of thing you would waste power to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I often screw myself over because I read the synopses before the episode so I know what things to research before we record. And literally, before I even read the synopsis, in like the sentence introing whatever the article is, it's like, oh yeah, fans didn't like the whole twist that it was the changing lady the whole time. I'm like, well, I've got, I've spoiled myself for getting spoiled now. God damn it. But I did a great job not spoiling myself on another thing I'm going to tell you guys, because this was my exciting thing I did this week. Is that I, I read in that, you know, first sentence fucking thing that the idea of this uh, episode came from a scene from the novel Sometimes a Great Notion by Ken Kesey, who's the writer of um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hmm. But they say that Sometimes a Great Notion as a novel is even better than than Cuckoo's Nest. But I didn't read the novel. I watched the movie, the 1971 movie, Hmm. starring and directed by Paul Newman, Hmm. who's pretty good in it. The movie overall is middling. And I start watching this movie not even knowing what the connection to this episode is going to be. So I'm like, all right, what are they going to do? And they talk, they're talking about trade unions and stuff because it's about a group of lumberjacks during a time of a big union strike. And I'm watching these lumberjacks and they're cutting down all these trees and doing this stuff. I'm like, what, how is this episode going to tie in? How is this going to be relevant at all to this episode? And there is the most traumatizing scene I've probably ever seen in a movie which is very impressive because there's like no blood or gore or anything It's in, in this particular scene. But the whole time I'm like, I don't know if I can watch this because this is really, really troubling. But you watch it anyway because it's so good that you can't tear your fucking eyes away. And that's that there's a log that falls on this guy in a river and pins him in the river. And he's got, you know, he's under the log and he's holding on. And his friend comes over, Paul Newman comes over and he's like, well, I'm stuck under this log. I guess we'll just have to wait. For the, for the waters to rise a little bit more so that the log floats up off of me and floats away. And they're like, okay, we'll wait for it to do that. Mm. But then you're thinking, wait a minute, as the waters rise, it's going to go over your head. And you're thinking, okay, they have a way around this. They'll figure this out. They're, you know, trying to lift him up and they're trying to move the log and all this stuff. And, and Paul Newman says, all right, well, what we'll do when the water goes over your head is I'll just keep giving you mouth to mouth. 
for as long as it takes for the log to float away. So basically just giving him a breath of air every time he needs a breath of air. Sounds wicked gay. I love it. They, they mentioned that and it was very 1971. So that starts to happen where suddenly the, the guy is like, well, I can't reach the air anymore. I'm underwater. And they succeed for a long time in keeping him alive. And they're making, you know, they, they'd been checking jokes, you know, up until this point, And they, did, they hadn't made it implied at all that he would die until it stops working. And he dies really, really horrifically drowning under a log. And I was Jesus like, Christ. Jesus God, I just watched all of this. They didn't bother Wait. to try to find a different way to get this fucking log off him. Their brilliant idea. Log. Get a fucking, Wait. some kind of lever or some shit. I it's don't know. a giant fucking log. His chainsaw had run out of juice because he flooded it into the fucking river. So That sounds fucking awful. I never yeah. watched that. that. Wasn't that plan doomed from the start? Because when you breathe out, it's carbon dioxide. What? Then the mouth-to-mouth part. It's not all carbon dioxide. Is it enough for someone to... Yeah. Sur- Apparently. Apparently. There was a crazy artist lady and her lover man that did a quote-unquote art exhibit. Art oh, in the Christ. biggest fucking scare quotes. Where they basically put themselves in, I want to say some kind of a tube thing. Or they put their heads in something so that they couldn't breathe anything but was already in there. And they basically just breathe each other's air until they both passed out. And they can breathe for a while wow. before all the air that they're breathing stops having enough oxygen to keep you alive. Okay, see, I had always assumed that mouth-to-mouth was less about getting oxygen to the person and more about just getting the lungs moving. So that is, uh, I have learned something. Cool. We're officially an educational podcast. Very. Does I wouldn't ca- recommend it doing that. Does you learning it, though? I mean... There is a non-zero chance that maybe someone listening also learned it, so... That's fair. Yeah. No, you're true. You're right. I am. I'll look up that art exhibit, too, while I'm at it, but... Gonna apply for a federal federal, uh, education grant of some kind. Sounds like a great idea. Gonna get us on PBS. So, we haven't really talked a lot about the Nog side of shit yet. Right. Am I right? Yeah. Very different from last episode. Very. Very many faces to Nog. I called this one, too, actually. Because as they were showing that episode, that part of the... So in the beginning of the episode, Quark... Or not, maybe it's not the beginning. I guess it's partway through. But Rom is fixing the replicator, and Quark's like, Is it done yet? Jesus Christ. And they're like, Well, I told you. Rom's like, I told you if you didn't turn off your laptop once a week, it was gonna. this could happen. And Quark's like, Well... You didn't say it would, you said it could, whatever. And something about, you know, anytime something goes wrong, it's, Rom, it's your fault. It's in your contract. contract. And as that's happening, I'm looking at Nog, looking at Quark and Rom, and I'm like, you have just decided that you are never going to grow up to be a bitch like your dad. Right now, you've decided. Or a bitch like Quark. Yeah, or a bitch like Quark. Well, Quark does all right. You know, he knows he, right, but when you look at him, like he doesn't have his own moon. Yeah, he said, like, I only own this bar. This is this is fucking bullshit for a Ferengi. Yeah. Mm. Well, but imagine, you know, who's the bigger fool? The fool, the fool that falls, the fool, or whatever. And Rom is the bitch under the bitch, so he's like Double second bitch. seat, second seat bitch. So then, you know, Nog's like, I'm gonna become a Starfleet. It's gonna be great. Is this the first time he's mentioned it though? Because I feel like he mentioned yeah. wanting to be. Is it okay? Pretty sure. 
So, and I think part of it is that, like, I already knew that he wanted to be in Starfleet, I think. Oh, just from being spoiled on things? Yeah, I think so. So, like, I kind of was, like, not sure. Like, I think that... That sucks, right? Because I think the conceit of this episode is if you don't know that he's in earnest is you could think that the end game really is like, I'm going to get in this cargo bay and steal some seriously expensive shit. And even if that wasn't the plan from the beginning, then he's being the opportunistic Ferengi. And of course, he's going to take advantage of what what he's given. Right. But I never had any concern whatsoever about Nog doing anything other than an exemplary job because I knew that this was actually something he really wanted. And it wasn't just like some plot bullshit to let him Ferengi it up like last time. So I really liked it. I liked that, you know, I thought it was actually kind of cool that his whole thing was like, you know, his hard work ethic thing was like, well, all right, figure out the inventory. Cause that actually feels like something that even if he doesn't have the like drive to be a great capitalist or whatever, he's probably learned some things about, you know, the importance of your spreadsheets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Quark. Quark saved the Klingons. Yeah. He did with spreadsheets. So he's not a totally terrible Frankie. He's got some of it. He just doesn't, you know. But and, and yeah, in a way, some... but actually, so this is interesting, right? Because this kind of gets into the different types of Ferengi in the same way that like, you know, we've mentioned or Chris, you've mentioned that you the idea of like different types of Klingons, right? Like there mm. can't all be warriors. Somebody has to like farm. Yeah, like we met that that scientist friend of Bev's who yeah. got totally murdered. So murdered. Oh yeah, that Ferengi that time. Dr. Dr. Rega. Mm-hmm. What a bummer. Yeah, what what I thought was also interesting was like, you know, the way they've used, you know, lobes as a as a, you know, I uh, got the lobes for it, you know. It always felt like it was just a stand-in for, you know, just ain't got the brains. But you realize now when they say lobes, they specifically mean business acumen. Because mm. he's like, he's not saying he's stupid when he says, I don't have the lobes. He, he goes, you know, I don't have the lobes, but I could be in Starfleet. You know, it's like, there. so there is a, a distinction between intelligence and business yeah, but, but savvy in that expression. Starfleet, though, I mean, we saw the entrance exam. We saw Wesley Crusher try to do it. <laughs> and there's no way Nog, who can't even read. He can read, read now. now. Yeah, barely. Jake is just going to tutor him in Starfleet Academy stuff, Here's even though Jake's not going. Here in the 21st century, we have ways around people who have, for example, disabilities, learning disabilities that can't read. If you're going to tell me that every fucking textbook in the future isn't an audio textbook, I call bullshit. There's no way that he won't be able to get around that really yeah. easily. Well, yeah, and plus I'm sure we also have species that there are different limitations that they have versus, you know, what a human being would have going to Yeah, but I don't think I don't think the issue is that Nog is, you know, intellectually disabled. I just think he's not very bright. Well, well yeah, but not he... being able to read isn't the same as not being bright. That all See, I, all I it, mean is your specific example was he can't even read. Yeah, and I'm I was using that as a proxy a for that. he was not interested in or able to complete his school task, but not not because he had a, a disability, but just because it was not something that was valued by his culture. Yeah, and a human yeah. was teaching yeah. it, so fuck and that. He can't he can't deal well, with think... women. Um That's gonna be tough at the academy. Well, depending yeah. who you ask, that's not a disability. Yikes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
But yeah, and I, I think the implication is that he and, and to a certain extent his father is like, they actually are quite intelligent. It's just they grew up in a society that didn't value their kind of intelligence. So they've never been properly trained. So I think, you know, if, if Rom, no, fuck, <laughs> really sets his mind to it and really, I mean, yeah, he's going to have to buckle down with some textbooks too fucking sweet. But that he theoretically has the ability, it's just been untapped because, like you said, Jake, his culture didn't value it, so they didn't try to teach him those things. He, he certainly clearly has a lot of practical knowledge yeah. that he's picked up from his old man. Yeah, I just think, though, that um, Cisco's really putting himself out there by recommending this, this kid. Well, Cisco wears his heart on his sleeve, too. Like, you know, anyone could come to him and say, I really, really want to have a better future. I want to be better than my, my parents. Cisco would be like, I want to help you so much. I'm going to make a budding pool for, for Vilix Pran, whatever his name was. And I'm going to help you get into the, into the Starfleet. And he's already, you know, he's already been through, like, Starfleet psychological abuse with Cisco just shouting at him. That fucking psych test is going to be nothing when it comes up. I don't along. know if 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 Nog has to rescue somebody from a a room that collapsed, <laughs> he's going to make his fucking horrible scream and run away. But that's just it, though. That was that was Wesley's personalized. Like I I doubt we do, but I would love to see Rom's psych yeah. test. Nog. God damn it! Did I do it again? <laughs> Nog. Like what is Nog's psych test? See. I like that you keep messing up the name because it shows how much Nog was just going to be just like his dad one day. <laughs> yeah, from this episode on, we're going to get the name is perfectly right to show how much he's grown. There you go. Uh, Nog's psych test is going to be having to report to a female commander. <gasps> That's good, actually. That's probably female. what it'll be. Female. I also read that uh, Aaron Eisenberg, when he re first read the script, assumed he was being written out of the show and it was like oh no and they had to like like confirm for him nope you're you're staying on the show we're just giving you a new I mean thing. he hasn't even been in that many episodes in a long time yeah but he's a fairly a fairly recurring character yeah and i think he becomes even more seen uh from this point on nice yeah i'm actually glad of that because he's really grown on me like these last couple episodes I think it was his treatment of women. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but like, I honestly, though, there was just something like, so, I don't know. It's, you know what it is? It's his little chuckle. It's his, <laughs> I don't know why, but I find that so charming. Yeah. Like when he's doing his, like, we're going to go on a date. Don't fuck it up for me. <laughs> when he meets, goes in to see Cisco. Uh, I told you he'd see me. <laughs> and I was just like, I just really love it. I don't know why. I just find it really charming. Like that O'Brien's apparently uh, chief engineer and receptionist. Never mind chief engineer. He's like the fucking only engineer. Oh, because he's the one that admits um, Nog to Cisco's quarters. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> Who's available today to do those five lines? Uh, Meanie ain't doing nothing. No. We specifically um, didn't kill him off last episode, so. Thank goodness. No, I, I wonder if that's also why they were like setting up all that stuff about, like, oh, I've also been hanging out with O'Brien a lot, with Odo. Like, if he did leave, then, like... Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Never mind. Yay! Maybe they could segue that into Bashir and Odo hanging out all the time. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Odo has to learn racquetball. Just, he could cheat so easily. Just stretch his arm out. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I was reading a little bit more about Aaron Eisenberg in my in my big fat book of facts. And that's that, you know, this episode was very interesting to him because as someone I know, I know we've mentioned that he had he was born with just one fairly malfunctioning kidney. Yeah. And he had a his a kidney transplant at like 16 years old and had to make the decision like, okay, I'm 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 still alive now. Don't know how long this thing will last. Do I go to college and kind of, you know, take a take the chance with, you know, will I live through college or do I just put all my energy into trying to become an actor? Let's do that cuz I don't know how long this is going to last. Wow. I'm glad so, he did. Very I'm glad he did. He's wonderful. Yeah. God. He's awesome. And I it's I was thinking about the fact that he had recently passed away while watching this episode and I was like feeling really sad because I was just like, man, my two favorite characters from this show are both dead. Mm. Well, not my favorite, but like two of the characters who I really, really, really enjoy have both mm. passed away. And it's, you know, it's a bummer because it wasn't even mm. that long ago when you think about it. You know, a oh, couple of months, I think. Well, I meant the show being on. Oh, it's been more yeah. than a couple months. But yes, I mean, yeah, he he did. He died in the last year. Which is, cause he was actually in, really he was in Star Trek shitposting. Yeah. But um, no, really, actually, this show was on really horrifyingly long ago. If you stop and do the math, it's don't think about deeply don't, do, upsetting. don't do the math. Don't oh, do oh I already like did. It's too late. Twenty five years, right? Yeah, that's not that bad. That's uh, a long I time. I think a TOS. I mean, it's a long time, but it's our life. That's true. I none of us none of us were watching TOS live. I mean, th- we're oh. farther away from this show than TNG was from TOS. So. That's that's, that's even weirder math. Yep. Nope. Nope. That's bad. By the by, earlier I, I tried to see if there was any sort of connection between Welcome Back, Cotter, and Star Trek. Of there course, actually you did. is, and I haven't watched the video. It's the episode Welcome Back, this. Cisco. But so you know how John Travolta left the show for a while. No, because I know famous. nothing about Welcome Welcome Back, Cotter. I so it's where John Travolta know. does John really Travolta like, play Cotter. No, he no, plays one of the students. Okay. Yeah, he's Vinny, Vinny Barbarino. Mr. And he was like. Conte. No, that's not him. That was, yeah. Was, but anyway, he was sort of the breakout star of the show. It's really what made his name, and he left. And they made this new character to replace him. And there's a video on YouTube, which if it's not terrible, I will share, of Jonathan Frakes, very young, Ooh. trying out for that part, which obviously he didn't get. But yeah, it's a young Jonathan Frakes. He's got like very 70s hair. Oh, it's terrible. So yes, weirdly enough, and I'm sure if I, I like, I just Googled Welcome Back, Cotter, and Star Trek, because I think maybe, like, maybe Rene Arbogenois was in a random episode, because he was a character actor in the 70s or something, and instead I hit Riker Paydirt. Nice. I have one more comment I, I forgot to mention while we, while we were talking about Kira being stuck in a rock. <laughs> Why don't we just cut off her leg? We got, we're often given the opportunity to cut off someone's leg, and we never do it. Yeah. And she even said, we can give Julian a chance to show what I a great know. doctor he is. And we know from last week, he literally can bring patients back from the dead. What do you think? One little foot's going to throw him off? He loves showing what a great doctor he is. That's his favorite thing other than tennis hitting on, Ed, hitting on Jadzia. Yeah, I, I thought that too, that, you know, they did kind of... She actually said, I don't want to give Julian the opportunity to show what a good doctor he is. I'd rather die in a well, rock? That's the thing. I mean, that was early. That was when it was only around her ankle. But then by the time yeah. it was, you know, up to her, 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 uh, 
neck uh knee or you know ah. well when it's up to her neck you can't really cut off the leg anymore that won't do much <laughs> but you know by the time it got you know, up to her thigh or something you think they'd be like okay yeah yeah let's just let's just do it but obviously well that's when that's when odo thought that this reverberation thing would help and he was dead wrong yeah that's the thing i guess i feel like if you're like all right Surely we'll figure something else out. And by the time you realize nothing else is going to work, you've definitely, you've gotten to the, like, at your waist point and it's just too late. Yeah. They also were assuming the whole time that it was a crystal creature because they couldn't use the tricorder on it. So they thought it was just yeah. a crystal. They Never did they think that it was like a living being or something. Yeah, that I was the first thing I, I had, through my mind. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's some sort it started of crystal growing, like, of course. creature. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you wouldn't expect this shattering crystal technology to work on a living thing well, you're just wasting I mean, if, time chop off that leg if the structure is still crystalline even if it's alive it's funny because i very vaguely recall this episode like i kind of remember the like growing crystal monster but i forgot the twist mm. so i'm sitting there like i really don't like what the fuck is gonna how did they get her out of this and then it's like oh oh fuck that's a hell of a thing to forget <laughs> That must have been good, though, because I feel like, aside from enjoying watching Odo profess his love on repeat later, there's really no... Like, once you know the twist, this is not a super rewatchable episode. I mean, it is, but in the same way of any film, once you know the twist ending, it's just you never get back that... Well, then you can rewatch it and see where, where all the signs were that were laid along the way, and then you never watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it does have the... Uh, like, I think definitely once you know, weirdly, the B-plot becomes the more interesting one. Yeah, that's what the writers were saying. Like, the writers were saying, like, oh, man, we really love this A-plot, but people really love the B-plot. So now which one is A and which one is B? Uh, I think we just have to go by order of appearance. Yeah, especially because usually, like, sometimes it's easy because you go, like, oh, well, the B-plot just has less time, so that's obvious. But I feel like they kind of had almost equal billing. Yeah. Hmm. Time-wise. All right, we should be wrapping up soon, and also I have to pee like crazy, because I had that coffee. Yeah, get us out of here. What, are we done? We're just going to abruptly stop at, okay, this is a long episode? Yes. Jake, do you have, Jake, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, no, I liked, I liked both of these shows. I don't really have anything, uh, any deep thoughts about them, beyond stuff that's already been said. Oh, Theseus. Theseus! There we go. Thank Did you, Theseus Jake. have a ship? Is he the one that... Cut off the Gorgon's head, or is that Pericles? That's Perseus. That's Pericles. Perseus. That is Perseus. Who the fuck is Pericles? Half of a Hercules. I see what you did there. <laughs> Here, you take us out. I'll Google Pericles in the meanwhile. All right. Well, if you liked that episode and you want to hear more, A Star to Steer by will be back next week. We'll discuss two more episodes of Deep Space Nine, Destiny, and Profit Motive. Prophet spelled with a P-H, like as in the prophets what live in the wormhole, not Ferengi-type prophets. And yet I feel like it might be a Ferengi episode. Well, whatever, I'm down with that. Oh my god, wait, before we wrap, one last thing. So sorry. I'm I actively loved... peeing. That's fine. <laughs> I, lo I loved the line when Rom and... God damn it, now I'm doing it. I loved the line when Nog and Sisko were talking, and Nog's like, I have my father's hand and my uncle's tenacity. I know I have something mm. to offer. I just need a chance to prove it. I thought that was so beautiful. It was Also, yeah, in big Also, in big fucking letters, I don't want to turn out, turn into my father, end up like my father, or whatever the fuck. 
And I just thought it was great. Anyway. Uh, Pericles was a prominent, influential Greek statesman, order, and general of Athens during its golden age. That's right. He was the big chief in Athens in the Neat. big Athens times. You're right. Thank you. That's why I was. You're right. I was thinking of Perseus. Anyway. He was half dragon. Go on. <laughs> I'm joking. Please go on. <laughs> but yeah, if you liked this episode and you want to hear about uh, destiny and profit motive next week, um, a start to steer her by can be found where all fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can visit us on our multiple homes on the web. You can search a star to steer her by on Facebook. You can find us at Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast, and you can also visit our website, SSHBPodcast.com, where you can read, like, fanfiction and shit and articles. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. Oh, shit. Rule of acquisition number, uh, fuck, I want to say it's 18. Uh, a Ferengi right. without profit is no Ferengi at all. Surprised that's so far down the list. Well said. As a side note that doesn't need to make it into this episode, I'm now envisioning that meme of Frodo saying, all right, keep your secrets, but it's Odo. Mm. To mom. <laughs> <laughs> to mom. <laughs>